0: Welcome to the Five Phenomenon Podcast. I am your host Shane Hazen. coming up on this episode, once again, joined by Ted Haycraft.
1: Yes, uh, know, AKA Number Six. I love
0: how you just point that. It's like, yes, I am here. <laughs> yes, uh, as you alluded, we're discussing. We're gonna. We're, we're starting a new s- mini series. Uh, subset. Subset. Uh, Ch- tangent. Par- parsed out. Uh, even though we're a movie podcast, film entertainment goes across. Not just what's in cinemas, but also what plays on the idiot box, too, in front of you. So we are doing the uh, TV GOATS, the greatest of all times. And for our first selection, which we'll get into why we chose this, is Ted's... Favorite, you'd say, you think?
1: Uh, yes, it, it is hands down my number one favorite TV series. The Prisoner. Yes, um, the
0: Prisoner. But first off, our normal preliminaries, Ted, uh, would you watch this week? Because I know one movie I want to talk about is the movie we watched together. <laughs> and we both seen twice, but uh, we had different I, opinions on.
1: I did watch a, uh, uh, due to uh, a Tarantino recommendation, uh, hands on a Hard Body you, documentary.
0: I, have, I That's high on my list. You know, the, the, is, are you talking about that clip? It's of um, him on The Night Show with Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Fallon. Uh, t- I guess it
1: was, yeah. I guess that's where I got it, where he said, you know, they were asking us everything, you know, new, you're excited over, and he didn't have any, really, he didn't have an answer at first, and then he also goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came up with this documentary. And so I go, oh, okay, well, I need to check that out. That
0: Well, it, the, the clip is cool because it's the one time where, like, Jimmy Fallon's like, I worked in a video store. And sometimes when people go up against Tarantino, it seems like the knowledge gets dwarfed. But, like, Fallon actually had, like, a, that was one of my recommendations. You know, um, Hands on a Hard Body, a, a live, or yeah, a, a feature, narrative feature that was supposed to be Robert Altman's last movie.
1: Oh, okay. He yeah, was developing that's that, that that's when he died. More, yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, I, I ordered it right away, from, straight from the site. Uh, you, you know, you can what it label? There. It, what is it? Uh, I, I, it's whatever the film company's name. I can't pronounce it. It's uh, it,
0: it's been on my watch list. You can,
1: you can Google it. You can find it. You know easily. And Did uh, you watch a Blu-ray? Uh, no, it's. I think it's. I don't think there's a Blu-ray. It's DVD and it had extra. It has a bunch of like, extra interviews on it. Um, so I ordered. Uh, yeah, I watched it and enjoyed it. I I, uh, I. I. It was. I'm trying to figure out. It's why. a Texas town, right? Yeah, Longview, Texas, close to okay. Dallas. But I'm just curious why what uh juiced uh, Quentin about it. Um well, it's I, a really
0: beloved documentary.
1: I think it's just because it's so unpretentious. It, it it really you get you get to see, I think, people as they really are, as opposed to Ken Burns where they're sitting down and you're you know, you got your you got your scholars and your your very serious tone. You know, a lot of documentaries get this kind of uh hot, you know, hot air type sure. feel. And I think this maybe that's why it's got a very uh, hands on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to use the, the word there, but um uh, yeah, I it was enjoyable, and um, I also we visited uh, uh I've been kind of off and off. I'm going on a Sherlock Holmes tear of, as of late. I saw you watched one of these, and I watched Murder by Decree, got the new Blu ray and you know, of that.
0: I recommend everyone check out our letterbox uh, profiles where we, you can see what we're watching weekly. Yeah, day.
1: you don't have to have an account, you just Type in Shane Hayes and her Ted Eakcraft yeah. and you see what we're watching. Murder by Decree and Murder by Decree, yeah, it was uh, Bob Clark of all people. This is Porky's, the Christmas Story director, mm-hmm. and I mean his—he's worthy of an investigation of his career. But uh, he—it's uh, a—it's a nice little film. It's—it's it's the Jack the Ripper mashing up against uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, and it's uh, Christopher Plummer as Holmes, and he's got the profile for it and and uh, the attitude, and uh, you got uh, James Mason playing a good Watson. And an all-star cast. Everybody's in it. Uh, one of my favorites, Frank Finlay from the Musketeer films, mm. and uh, Dollar Sutherland and Genevieve Bouchot shows up in it, and Anthony Quayle and all kinds of people. So it's it's, it's it was a fun film.
0: Um, uh, my interesting watch of the week was continuing my filling in all my holes on Alan J. Pakula. I watch comes a horseman.
1: Oh the, yeah, I wanted to ask you. I saw you
0: his follow up to all the president's men. Um, Do you have a, do you have an opinion on Pakula in like the eighties and early nineties when he was still making it, when his movies, well, they they aren't as powerful.
1: No, I mean, I think this is one of the last, well, I think this is one of the, uh, the part of the, uh,
0: this actually, you know, what reminds me of our Marnie conversation, which I think is a lot of people's Marnie's conversation where is this the last good Hitchcock movie or is it the first not great Hitchcock movie? This feels like that just because, well, you know, it's weird. It's an interesting cast, but the screenplay is very morally simplistic the score is what throws it off because you, you come from all the president's men where like there's all these very few david shire cues out in it that come in very very little with most of the movies done in silence and this has this kind of i don't want to say rah-rah score but it's compared to you know parallax view or this it's like it's an omnipresent score that really throws the movie off
1: hmm. um,
0: and is very sincere and not a good way
1: I'll take a listen to that. But, I, I... but
0: it, it is Gordon Willis. It's It seems like a lot of the crew kept... It uh, he is a Gordon Willis shot movie. Gordon Willis, I've seen two movies recently. He Him that he shot mostly outdoors and during the daylight. And, and especially in this, when you see him shooting an interior, go back to an interior, it's just like... It goes from like a nice outdoor shot, a decent outdoor over shot, to what you expect Gordon Willis, like painting inside by taking away light. And it's just... There's no, there's it's massive difference between the interiors and the exteriors. But but the movie I wanted to talk about for this extended prologue. Oh. Uh, we both watched this twice, I believe. I, yes. I finished my second meeting last night, Suicide Squad, which we saw at IMAX. And I am still confounded. I really, I, for the most part, really liked it. I am confounded that you were indifferent to it.
1: Yeah, indifferent is probably a good word. It's, it's okay. I, I, uh, I know this is, you know, one person can't be totally subject uh totally objective it seems like when it comes to the
0: and i'm and there i I've really doing more way more people to have your opinion
1: but on i just it. think uh, it, it, it works it's solid as it te- that's one of my uh copyrighted quotes <laughs> solid right. uh but i i just didn't i just didn't get uh excited about it uh the way i do uh I, there's you know a handful of mcu movies that i come out going wow you know or i can't believe they tapped into that uh magic Whereas DC movies, uh, you know, uh, post uh, Christopher Nolan, have just been such a mishmash, and I and I just almost want to, and I find elements in all of them I like. I think that I would say this this floats t- to the top better. Okay. Uh, I, it's up there with Wonder Woman maybe, and and uh, I actually I, I think Aquaman's a solid film for what it is. Same. Uh, I-
0: I'm surprised I like DC uh, universe movies more than you got I, because I, I was really against them for a while, because they were, because yeah. it was, because it, it wasn't a reflection on the universe or the characters. It was the uh, Warner Brothers just didn't couldn't get their shit together.
1: Yeah, I just think you know they just they they started out under the thinking they wanted to extend the Nolan feel and look, and got and Snyder directing these things, and and they just can't shake it off yet. They have you know, and then they get then they're I think so, to my mind, I may be wrong on this, and we'll and we'll see how it all comes out. There are some weird things with the Flash movie, but uh flashpoint uh, yeah uh, I bet I think the Joker you know also they're just like now they're just saying oh screw it let's just do these one-offs and 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 you know go for broke with certain tones and different styles and different whatever the multiverse you know mm-hmm. and so I don't know we'll just see where it's uh, it's
0: funny how the invention of the multiverse and the 52 universes is perfect fodder for a studio that fires its who's evers <laughs> in charge every six months.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, they're going to they're going to play that card, you know. And which is rightly so, but it's it's been kind of fun to see this uh, MCU experiment. I don't know how I don't but, know how I mean, they, they're going to be able to contain it forever, like Well, that.
0: in our after movie talk, I quickly I put it on, you seem to agree with this superhero fatigue seem like what I yeah, thought I you think were so. witnessing. that that could very you're experiencing. well be insane.
1: Uh, you know, cuz I love comic books, but I've also most you know uh there's uh i I love the medium and i love and i love non-superhero stuff i know i you know i've had my i've had a fill of guys in underwear beating each other up (laughs) so i don't know you know uh that it's been kind of interesting to see it come to fruition finally yeah but yeah Uh, (laughs) fatigue.
0: Uh, the other thing I remember saying was because uh, it's a very hard R and it's some gore, and I, I and I was talking about Slither, James Gunn's other. I mean, a lot of his movies has some excessive gore in it, but and you you just are like, I'm not a gore person.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm really not. I mean, I, I at the end of the day, uh, uh, it's oh, I mean, you know, Cronenberg uh, gore is interesting, I, uh, but I get squeamish. I get squeamish, you know. I, I'm not. I, I don't take. I mean, this, well, is, you, this the, is cartoon gore. I mean, yeah, is, you
0: know. they're, they're, I re, when I rewatched it last night, literally one person, when they thrown against a window, turned into liquid. Which, like, the the thing I found more interesting in my last watching was that uh, this is a type of morality where human life is pretty sacrificial and like stupid. But the, this is a movie about villains who you know are forced to be good guys, and with the chip, you know the chips in their brain, and. What was notable to me was at the end, the thing that was the the bottom line where they're like, and it keeps getting brought up multiple times in the movie, is whenever children are endangered, that's when they're like, we can't do this. Children are endangered, even though like everyone else's life is just up for grabs. And I found it notable. I don't, Supposedly, well, I guess the timeline's is right on that. But when James Gunn got fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, what was the tweet that got him in, the specific tweet that they trudged out that got him in trouble? Like there was multiple tweets, but the main one was him being jokey about pedophilia. Oh. Eh? Mm. Nah. Nothing there? Something there? Yeah. Anyway, do we want to move on to the prisoner? Sure. All right, so for this series, I have a very specific reason we're doing this, which I don't know if I've adequately explained to you because you're constantly. Well, I should also point out that God bless you, Ted. You watched the the. We're gonna do three right now, and you watched them in this like when I originally we originally planned on doing this twenty episodes ago, and we we're gonna do the prisoner first, and it's taken me this long to get through the prisoner, but um also I should, scary That's scary no 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 but I, I i did like it but i also i think i've mentioned this on other episodes with us but one of my f- first memories of you in person was when i was in class at usi and i heard some guy four rows in front of me talking about prisoner references on the simpsons and on both of us were writing a news for you at times and but had never met in person and i was like oh that must be ted haycraft
1: ah Interesting.
0: I rewatched the Simpsons episode where McGoon was on. So that's where you,
1: that's where you think. Um, that's where you think of my uh, you, about my prisoner. You've heard about my prisoner obsession. No, 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 no.
0: On. You'd written a news for you about prisoner. No. Oh, I, okay, oh yeah. I oh yeah. Prisoner had come up multiple times. Okay. But um, I kind of picked this episode for you. I'm glad you confirmed that as your favorite because I was I, I. It was kind of an excuse to finally get through this because I first tried watching the prisoner probably sometime around 2003 and it's taken me. Well, we're going on 18 years till I finally got through it. Hmm. Um, and I feel like I've diminished your energy for just because you came in. So no, I, I, I'm about just the I'm
1: disappointed that someone like you that we have a lot in common it seems like that. You seem to be somewhat underwhelmed. Uh, well, and, you, you also made a comment. And of course, I've probably built it up too much, too.
0: It wasn't just you. I, I reread um, Alan Moore wrote, uh, did an interview just two years ago for the 50th anniversary and it was, semin- I forgot he's only like four years difference between you and him. Yeah. And it was seminal, very similar ages, and it had the same effect on him. And he was such a big proponent of it. That, that was one of the reasons I wanted to get through it.
1: Speaking of the 50th anniversary, I was looking at some of my, I, I dragged out some of my books off the shelf. Uh, one's uh, Alex Cox did a book for the 15th That anniversary.
0: seems so fitting. And well, okay. And I also saw a lot of Terry Gilliam in like the very, very fina- final episode. <laughs> you, but <laughs> well, let
1: me let me let me let me uh lay the groundwork a little bit. Okay, here. okay. okay. I, I want if, 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 I, if, I, if I, that's okay with you, but go for uh, it. Go for it. Well, it's just it's 1968, and you know, my dad, you know, I forgot about how my dad had to control of the television, there's only three channels uh no cable no vhs remember
0: the three channel thing i'm going to bring this up later
1: and uh so i was always wondering why, why did i watch some of the things i watched uh because your dad and it was like you know dad had first dibs and then if dad was away or not around i could you know take control and watch stuff i wanted to watch if i could you know get a chance to but my dad and i had a lot of, or i or i end up you know liking things that dad liked and uh and uh so a uh, secret agent man was in the air as, you know, the spy craze. And I was, a, we were, my dad was a, a Bond film uh, fan and he took me to Bond films and I saw Bond films and I, you know, anything spy craze and listen, full tilt. And uh, so.
0: Would was he, did he like read any spy novels? Who? Your I, dad.
1: No, I don't think he read spy novels. He he more, he more was more of a James Michener. And I'm
0: Thomas trying Custod. to get a picture of, because part of the thing that helped me get into it was realizing that this was like really trying to take, the Bond trend the bond trend, and it's different directions and go in like a really highbrow oh, direction.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. In Magoon, here, here he is. He, he turned down. He was off. Patrick Magoon is the star of The Prisoner and the creator, co-creator. He uh, he was the highest paying British actor in the UK in the mid-60s. He was doing this uh, series called Danger Man. Uh, the second season was uh, an hour long. The first season was 30 minutes, but when it came over to America, the, the uh, hour long version were called was changed change the secret agent man. And they had Johnny rivers do the, the, the top 40 hit, which was a big hit in the, uh, in, mm-hmm. uh, on the radios and on the radios radios. Um, and then, so, um, we're watching this stuff, you know, so, and I'm sure dad and oh my dad, like Jack, I remember we watched the Jackie Gleason show. This was a summer replacement for the Jackie Gleason show, summer replacement, which is important to remember. We might come back to that. Okay. Um, and I'm watching this, you know, so I was, you know, I was pretty much a TV person when I was a kid. I actually ended up- kind You'd of, be like nine at this time. So I'm nine years old. That summer, I'm nine years old and I'm we're watching The Prisoner and I remember the Rover, there's this this, this big giant white ball.
0: Rover is, uh, you, you've commented, you commented, the first question you had to me is like, what'd you think of a Rover? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, well, we'll get, to, we'll, we'll have to establish the uh, scenario of The <sighs> okay, Prisoner okay, okay, in a second, okay. but uh, and explain who it, Rover and all that stuff is, but uh, anyway, so I'm watching this show, and the last episode, not only is it a very weird episode, and we'll get to that, but it's it concluded. He, this guy was in the village. He was, uh, he couldn't get out, and he got out at the last episode. Oh, spoiler alert! I've always, I've always spoiled that.
0: You're spoiling a 53 <laughs> year old <Yeah>. show
1: now. <laughs> so I was just like. I couldn't believe it because back then and tv shows now everything as a you know seasons have cliffhangers they wrap things up they can come to conclusions they explain why actors you know characters leave and come and go everything's you know finally too. you know writing and television is so as such evolved uh, in such an amazing state nowadays that back then in 69 it was like holy crap this thing ended and he got away well, and we'll talk about that. Did he, you know, about getting away? But he did. To my mind, to my nine years I he got out of the village and he got away. And he was he's back in his uh, hot rod car. And he and he's like he's free man. I'm like yeah. And because every cartoons and shows just also they be canceled. And it was in it. And I remember the cartoon Journey to the Center of the Earth cartoon. Uh-huh. They never got to the center. You know it just it just you know things like that would happen all the time. You know so, one of the things I've been thinking about, we need to get to the synopsis
0: here in a second, but like uh, for me, it seems like this is the birth of the mystery show, which got really popular or, or you might call it the Reddit show where everyone has sub theories on like what's happening and uh, there's clear mystery set up that we're probably gonna be not answered for at least a season, if not uh, seven seasons. Uh, things like Lost or Battlestar Galactica or earlier Twin Peaks.
1: Well, Lost, I think, uh, isn't. Lost here. seems like the clear. Well, more I think he's an avowed fan. Of the I haven't I th- looked up anything a song funny.
0: about it, but it's it's so blatantly clear. But um, and I want to, I want to, but I wanted to ask you about the the fugitive. Did you watch the fugitive at this time? Actually,
1: I don't. I have any strong memories of the fugitive, uh, believe it or not. Uh, but that, yeah, there was there is a wrap up on that too. I mean, there was always. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's going to call me call me on the carpet on this because uh uh you know but I, I think you're right though the, and
0: because the fugitive is like it's still a setup for like a week week to week and it's yeah. just because and, and like but let, yeah. let, let's get into the synopsis before
1: we get into the synopsis one other thing i wanted to talk about is uh why is this my favorite show or the the the, the mechanics of this being my favorite show i i i i use this quote all the time i want to copyright it and trademark it tyranny of nostalgia uh, that, uh, you know, you, you see these things when you're eight, nine, ten years old and you love them and you dwell on them and, and you love to go back to them and stuff like that. Uh, but then, you know, if you go back to some of the stuff, it's pretty kiddie or silly or. Simplistic, and, but you still love it because it's that tyranny stuff. I hate
0: that you're bringing this up now because I wanted to really dive into this, but we need to get to the synopsis. Oh, okay, but I, I, well, because Alan Moore was you know, only diff- a few years difference. But I, I,
1: I, I was going to say the main thing I was just going to say is that I'm so happy this holds up that this holds up to to anybody this day to my i mean it's kind of cool that some of that stuff that you did have uh, you have a nostalgic feel for it holds up while a lot of stuff doesn't you know anyway go ahead
0: no you you, I, you wanted to do the synopsis right
1: oh well the synopsis is uh I the, suck at synopsis. Synopsis. Basically, and you get this recapped every opening of the prisoner. This uh, this this. Uh, it opens with a title, a really long title sequence that's
0: a feature film unto itself. Yes. That, which every time for like the first ten episodes, always fooled me because it would stop and then start back up. Like <laughs> it goes face to black in the middle of the title sequence and the music stops.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a it's a lovely sequence, and uh, basically this this man goes into an office. Resigns by hand. If you, he's feel. a spy. Uh, we well, we don't. We yeah, we don't know that.
0: Okay, we don't know that. We
1: really don't know that technically, because even Baguins says, "Well, you could have been a scientist." Uh, really, Magooin actually said that. Yeah. Okay. But well, Baguins wants to play cagey with the whole thing, so okay. Uh, but anyway, this guy resigns. He obviously is packing for a vacation somewhere in the Caribbean or Tahiti or somewhere. Uh, you see photographs and stuff.
0: I, I always picked it that he was trying to get out of town, just like her. He was leaving his life. Uh, well, I think, I think, well, yeah. I mean, but he, he obviously wasn't because he kept the place.
1: Uh, and he's uh, in this little, you know, nice little apartment. He has this really cool, uh, amazing little unique sports car, and uh, he uh, gets gassed. We we see we see a hearse go by, you know, and it's like and someone's watching him. And so obviously he's under surveillance. He wakes up, opens the curtains. To he's in the same apartment, but he opens up the curtains uh, to the window and he looks out and he's in this weird, strange, uh, uh, architectural, strange seaside. village, seaside village. And he's like, what the heck? And then basically it turns out he was, we we kind of find out he's been in some kind of secret, uh, very high, high, high end organization. They want to know why he resigned and they're going to try to get pride out of them, no matter what they do. And then once you uh, once they find that out, you can stay, you know stay happy, and live uh, your life out in this village and play chess and uh, sports and and checkers and
0: and there's um, but there's one big thing that's done to your identity when you're in this village.
1: Yes, everybody gets a number assigned to him, and he is assigned number six.
0: No names. His and, name is never mentioned, although. Um,
1: and you can't get out of the village no matter what you do. There's and and there's one of the security things, is this thing called Rover, and Rover is what makes this show kind of like take a leap out of uh, of, uh, of all the other shows at the time. It's basically
0: a weather balloon. And like they had like a big monster. Yeah, it's a the giant monster.
1: white weather balloon. But the way they operate it and make it – and they put these sound effects to it, it is creepy as all get out.
0: It's in the it's in the opening credits. and like what they have is this like slow motion water bubble effect that's supposed to be the birth of Rover or Rover coming out as the security.
1: That's one of those, those uh, lava lamps. Yeah. That's, you know, basically you – know, You know, it kind of evokes that period getting, Again, it accidentally or intentionally kind of evokes the lava lamps in the 60s and all this, you know, the the Mm -hmm. psychedelica, you know, going on. And the other
0: the other cool, the clerical thing. I I mean, I've never seen any of uh, um, Danger Man or anything, but um, it's clear like the filmmaking is ambitious. If not, it's still TV. So it is quick run and gun. And there's but it's like they try they go go. They take some big swings in this. Well, this
1: is going back to something I think you said earlier. But Gwyn, uh he's kind of he's kind of burnt out doing John Drake the secret age uh, danger man he's uh-huh. just like you know, another you know another you know just all you know how many different plots they can do and variations they can do and a couple of episodes were shot at this place where the village is it's an actual place in England called Port Marion. On whales, they
0: don't reveal until the last episode because they were worried people would like <laughs> swarm it or something.
1: Oh, well, uh, yeah, they plus a, a commercial plug for it, too, you know.
0: Oh, uh, because because it, it's title card in the last well, episode, now it's a, you know. It's a it's natural resort
1: area now. You can go there and, you, and there's a uh, souvenir shop, you can buy prisoner stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, but he, a uh, couple issues, a couple episodes of Danger Man were shot Port Marion, and McGoon took note of it. He goes, This is a, this is a really cool, set. Mm-hmm. this would make something really cool. And then George Markston, the editor on the third season of Danger Man, had knew about the. He threw out this idea where the, up in Scotland there was this place where they would retire spies and, and let them relax and retrain them and and maybe extract stuff from them they they might need to know or get or whatever. And McGowan thought that was cool, even though isn't
0: there a little bit of debate among who came up with the original? Well, idea or-
1: well, yeah, that's a whole kind. Con- yeah, and, and and of course another one. Somebody else said, well, this is more obvious. McGowan's at a party sometime one night and. And he goes, uh, "Oh, well, what does this? Where does the spy go once he retires?" Mm-hmm. Referring to what does Maguire do once he retires, John Drake. Mm-hmm. And that sparked maybe you know Well, Wasn't
0: some of the filming or some of the crew treating it, treating it like a uh, like a Danger Man sequel? And there, there's some. I heard that there was a novelization where uh, you know Number Six never gets a name, but in the novelization they call him John Drake. for well, on, on, like, on the, the first the, opening passage.
1: I think on the one of the call sheets or one of the tech sheets or something, there was a D instead of P for the character. Mm-hmm. And George Markstein, if you watch the documentary on the 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 rec- the, the Blu-ray that came out on a uh, really nice Blu-ray came out on the whole series and with all some extras, he flat out says it's John Drake. But the controversy is McGuin denies it and it's probably it's just down to money and copyright and trademark. If uh but Magoon it also, it also makes to, a better story too. Yeah McGoon would have to share uh the, all the creative because i mean magoon took this over and smothered the thing and his it became his baby totally his baby and uh and and, his, and uh he would have to uh yeah and, and uh but i think my mind i i can't see why it's not john drake it's just it would make so perfect sense because john drake also magoon was a very catholic person very catholic he wouldn't kiss girls he didn't want to handle a gun. He was offered James Bond. He turned it down. He was twice, a, right? I, I, possibly. And it was offered the saint, too. I, I was just reading. Turn that down. Uh, so and I was watching some of the extras last night. And then there was like one scene where he's supposed to kind of kiss this girl in the, the village. They pretend that there's something going on with her. He wouldn't do it. And of course, the the guy, uh, one of the production managers thing, I can't believe this really good actor. And he and he, for the sense of acting, he can't do that. But McGoon had some had some really interesting uh, uh, morality ticks, uh, that uh, affected his uh, what he picked and the acting and stuff.
0: I read that he won some Emmys for Columbo, but he like because he wrote some Columbo episodes. He, direct, he directed,
1: he, he acted, and directed at Columbo. And I, I forgot.
0: I wanted to watch those at those since yeah, everyone really, on film yeah. Twitter loves Columbo right now but um did he ever nothing he did match this right and no it, after this nothing he did before he, after. he did a he
1: did a uh, an, a series i think it was on NBC Rafferty it was a hospital uh he played it probably like probably what uh uh Hugh Laurie was is it a Hugh Laurie house, house. But, i mean but uh, he's you he played uh that and he uh that it it, didn't, uh, it got canceled or it didn't did last he season. have
0: creative control over that
1: no, I don't think uh, I don't think he was. Of course, he was a he was a hard person to get along with. I mean, if you read the stories about the production, of course, he was under the gun, money and and time, and and uh, you know he'd drive. He'd, people would quit, and people would get upset, and Liam O'Kern had a nervous breakdown, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, he was an interesting person. Uh, I think somebody saw him in a restaurant one time and walked up to him and just wanted to say, hey, I really love your the and he basically said "f off," you know, to him. Pull so, uh
0: Alec McGinnis uh, on the Star Wars man.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he, people were just bugging him. But apparently, when uh, we talked about how the episode he ends, he escapes, we needed. Well, I guess we get into the last episode, but he got phone calls. Uh, the, the, the The switchboard was just uh, people were pissed off at the end. And he had to leave. He left, he actually disappeared for a little bit just because people were so upset at the end.
0: Well, okay, well, let's go into a little bit of uh, at least how my newbie reaction to the series because we, you, when we, we set up to do this, your one request was that you, you and I sit and watch the last two episodes together. And I said to you after we finished that, besides the fact that the last two episodes, mainly the last episode, the second to last episode I kind of thought was had a chamber playing vibe to it that uh, kind of a brechtian thing that was fine but interesting and kind of odd in a good way but that last episode was the mind blower um but i said to you man i just wish i was sitting with someone who liked this throughout the whole thing just like talk talk me through what i should be paying attention to and like (sighs) okay so this was originally devised as a mini series that you want to
1: well, I could actually, I could help you on this because I was checking that last night, this morning. Uh, they were going to do 13, ep- uh, 13 episodes for season one. And that's UK, BBC, uh, ITC. Sir Lou Grade, ITC were behind this. And, uh, you know, uh, England has weird episode counts. Lou Grade's trying to sell this to America. They said, well, you know, they want 26 episodes for a season. I mean, that's how many episodes were a season back then. Mm-hmm. 26 to 30 or whatever. And uh, Lou Gray goes, oh, you know, uh, and they said and then America this was America was in uh, the American networks were not too hot about it because they, they looked at it as a series. And this guy loses every episode. Hmm. This guy loses. I mean, wh- who who wants to watch this? So Lou Gray said, well, can I bump it? Uh, we'll make it a summer replacement. So 17 episodes, fits a summer replacement. So they decided to uh, uh, tell Magoon, can you do four more and we'll wrap it up? So there's uh, and there's in the four episodes they did, a really quick. McGowan wrote the final episode, by the way, in 36 hours.
0: I think that. I heard something like that.
1: So they uh, so the, so that's where it's that's continue your your episode count. Uh, so that, so now Lou Grey knows. Okay, we're going to do 17 episodes. So we got it sold to America for a similar replacement, the CBS. And that's, and then you're done, you know, we're over, over with it. Uh,
0: to, to your point earlier about why this works. And I agree with you, the ending is why it works. And the fact that it has an ending, I was thinking of David Simon famously said that one of the problems with almost all of the art form of TV is that whenever you're creatively coming up with it, you come up with a beginning, you maybe come up with a middle, but you never come up with an end because you want it to keep going. And, and Alan Moore really specifically said that the fact that he's, he had the same reaction too. He was just like, you know, Alan Moore famously has some pretty notable endings, and he said that was one of the formative things for him. It's the two things he said he got from *The Prisoner* was that you need to have a satisfying ending, and he also talked about the d- difficulty in art and the reward once you've accessed that difficulty. Um, which some of these episodes are brainy and, and kind of obtuse in certain ways. And I was, but like, it's it's I I it's a modern phenomenon too, that would like come up with the beginning and into a season. Now that's a lot of shows have endings or are allowed to have endings. And then your wheels turn in the middle. There are some middle episodes where the ones where it's like, Oh, these are the hard ones to get through.
1: And it's about, there's something to be said about this uh, being tight and concise. I think uh, if there's any criticism, this great period of TV we're in now is, you know, how, to, how, how, much do you drag it out you know right uh and right. you know yeah you can give these supporting characters uh all the nuances you want now where a supporting character in a two-hour movie doesn't get maybe one line
0: well we get we have all our great filmmakers going to tv right now and a lot of them say like we mentioned james gunn's next thing after suicide squad is a spin-off peacemaker then he and he he amongst like other filmmakers sort say like we can have, live in character moments we can extend character moments it's not momentum to the third act and like wrap it up in two hours
1: yeah and i think another uh well i I was going to say i have another little weird theory that could be blasted out of the water but uh you know
0: i'm curious because i might want to blast it out of the water
1: (laughs) well uh it's really broad stroke but uh you know the history of tv Mm -hmm. uh uh television you know you basically uh especially in America, it's commercial driven. It was, you know, it's was mm-hmm. not it, You You said it earlier. I, I was I was about ready to comment on your idiot box. It was called, right. now there was, now there was live TV in the fifties. There was this, you know, highfalutin where Frankenheimer and, and uh, Lamette came the, from. The play direct the play and things. And, you know, Patty Chayefsky. Yeah, there was some, you know, there's some of that there, but you know, it wasn't, but you know, we end up, you know, with a pretty much of a TV wasteland or what do you want to call it? For a long period of time, I mean, and, and I and I don't want to. I know people go, "Well, Dick Van Dyke, Marley, Time War, all in the family." Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, there was certain codes and certain things, and and, and everything was commercial driven by money, and and you, and you had a structure to follow because you had to go to every fifteen minutes, and go to a break.
0: It's part of the reason, like, I wanted to give your pick this just because, like, we were going over the list and we couldn't figure the prisoner was at the top of it, like anybody's list, but it feels like this is one of the most intelligent things that was put on the air. On, on network TV, at least, before, yeah. like, what, Hill Street Blues or something? Or, I mean, not counting PBS or Monty Python. Or, yeah, there's always exceptions. There's like a I lot say, of exceptions. So there's broad. a lot of exceptions. This is so broad.
1: broad. But I, uh, I want to say that uh, until we got to cable and HBO and, ca- and cable television, where all of a sudden you could do uh, things without worrying about the uh, – or we're going to you know, sell cornflakes for this thing or whatever – uh, all, all bets were off, and you could do these wonderful things that we're in the midst of right now. We're getting at such an overload of them. Uh, I almost wanted, I, in my comparison night was uh, almost the same thing that with comic books. You had the you know the comics code comes in, and there's a long just period of just nothing. Comics are just you know dulled and, and neutered. And there's of course there's always exceptions. The direct sale market comes in. And then all bets are off on the comic books because you can.
0: You do... think the direct market is th- is a boon, created boon to the comics?
1: Uh yeah, because you could you could create some, you could you could uh, aim something at a certain audience, print up, up, up that so many, and you and you make your money, and you don't have to worry about you know it, it bombing. Um, oh. yeah, but I mean, well, then, I, I, like I, said, no, stuff. no, no, I
0: I like it just because well one of the things I wanted to point out that was most distinct to me is like the central theme of the prisoner to me is uh about uh, against conformity. And I was hearing someone talk the other day about how once we were no longer limited to the three networks, conformity is not something most modern people worry about anymore. Yeah. Just because right. we are we are faced with lots of uh, intellectual diversity at the exactly, very least. There's exactly. a you know, there's too much uh, TV to watch. There's so many ideas. of on, on the market.
1: There you kind of you kind of agree with what I'm kind of going at. Yeah, uh, I see it. Yeah, yeah. I have well, I, I haven't I haven't tweaked it. Well,
0: the just... structure of network TV always you know, was mainly episodic. You'd have usually an ABC story, your A and B story are usually week to week. And your C story may be the only thing that was serialized that kind of went across seasons, but it was meant to, if you missed episodes and then that kind of changed in the late eighties, I think, uh, um wise guy was a famous show that did it uh doesn't crime story isn't that serialized or
1: yeah it, there's yeah there's an interesting continuity going on
0: and then with that. I, mm-hmm. I was trying to also think of comparable shows had that an interesting ending too for me that okay yeah uh, i still haven't seen it um uh comparable shows that blew my mind at a similar age and uh, that i wonder how they age and i think mostly aged well for me is buffy the vampire slayer and that was a t- that was a key serialized show that was the one that just like took serialization just went straight yeah. for it and that there's an argument that that, along with a few other shows, really pushed peak TV to like start connecting stories. And even though Buffy didn't necessarily have an ending in mind at the beginning, more shows started to like come in mind just because the finales were... There's so many finales that bomb. Like I mentioned Battlestar Galactica and Lost earlier. Those shows lost their reputations on their ending. And maybe The Prisoner has its reputation on a weak middle, <laughs> but God, what an ending.
1: Yeah, and, and and even the weak uh, episodes, there's always so, there's you know uh, I would I would challenge you to say, even the ones that are kind of bonkers, they, they you, got to, you got you got yeah, yeah they cherry picked wonderful British actors to show up. We should say that when he's in the village, okay, so he's abducted in the village, and so every episode he's up against a number guy number number two, and of course number six Magoon, wants to see number one, and he wants to get out of the village.
0: He he has at the end of the opening. uh, Who is number one? You
1: Uh, are number six. Yeah. Uh, And he uh, wants to. uh, So so it's the job of number two to break him down, to break him down, find out why he resigned. And every episode, uh, the number two usually fails, and uh, but but number six doesn't get away either. So uh, so the next episode you watch, all of a sudden it's a different number two. So in other words, they're just revolving these guys out. They keep on – whatever organization is running this. And that's the, that's, the, that's the cool thing too is like it pointed out – we're in the midst of the Cold War when the series is out. Mm-hmm. It's throwing out the idea that the other side is just the same as our side. Mm. And, you know, in fact, somebody pointed out one of the guys that says it's too bad that they didn't they didn't put a, uh, uh, a non-UK number two in there. Uh, another white, uh, a non-white British. They uh, they had a female number two. Yeah. Um.
0: But, but you're you're saying like a Russian number two, or or
1: yeah, just you know out of Germany, or an African yeah, American, yeah, number two. yeah. They've been really, they've really been be,
0: preloaded. Yeah.
1: yeah. But anyway, but it that you know the it, and so and then at, at some point he's being bombarded by the number twos, but at some point uh, the episode start he's starting to be more aggressive and taking it to them. Right. Uh, so there's a little bit of a, a sea shift in the series. Uh, but, uh, so, and again, you got this, you got this wonderful set. uh, uh go ahead. Got, uh, well, well I, I think, so what was your reaction overall? Well,
0: you, when I was in the early episodes, I mean, it's a very clear setup and like, it's the first episode where the or first or second episode where two, like there's the clear changing of guards between number twos, right? It's the end of the yeah. first episode. I was pretty few far into. It. I started realizing, oh, they're different number twos every week. Really? Just yeah. Well, just because I wasn't keeping up with the actors, yeah. and then in the very middle, I just started like when they started getting into some of the wonkier episodes, I was lost. I'm like, wait, was this a number two plot to get information out of this, or just some kind of weird thing that happened to him <laughs> this week? the The episode where they he had the trial and he was yeah. in the newspaper that right. was one where I was like. Where does number two's uh, task end and begin? And when does the next number two take over? Is it just in between? Well, episodes? there's like, there's,
1: you know, the whole point is like, is there's like, there's really like psycho psychoanalysis uh, uh, play with your brain. Uh,
0: Speaking of the spine phenomenon, I thought there was a lot of Manchurian candidate in this.
1: Yes. Too. Oh, yeah. Very much so. It's not, it's, it, it is not. I mean, there's some fistfights, you know, we're going through in fist fights, uh, yeah. and, and, uh so that you could appease uh, some of the audience. But, uh there's, yeah. also,
0: there's also the phenomenon, which when we watched this yesterday, you were like, ah, oh, that Blu-Lay looks good. And, like, these things were broadcast often in black and white, but also in um, analog and in a SD and were not meant to see, be seen multiple times. So now when you get these really crisp, crisp new transfers of, I guess this would have been shot in 35, like... It's just it's just the technique of the time, the sophistication technique, but you see... I mean, you're not going to have digital replacements on faces. You just see stunt doubles very easily. Oh, almost. yeah. That's... I mean, and it's almost all TV shows uh, pretty much up until about now or just like the last 10, 15 years where they actually... Those digital replacements became... With those great.
1: helicopters flying off near the end. You, get, uh,
0: you, you commented on that. I, I was just like, I'm into it. I'm fine with it. It's like, uh-huh. I, it's... There's a lot of... Like, the, 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 there's something homemade uh, oh no 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 i mean that yeah is fun about the, again yeah. it goes back to the home run swings i thought in the filmmaking where i mean the rover half the rover shit is just the, the sound effects are doing so much work for it even though right. it's such a good well okay it's not just that it's the shot um when you he, rover would trap number six when the his face that's a pretty yeah. Like that's got to be a serious image to see when you're a kid. It's like it's
1: like a, a giant bubblegum uh, is over your face. Uh, I I should re- over your face.
0: I should briefly mention you've never seen it, but I watched only the pilot just this week of the uh, modern remake of The Prisoner starring uh <laughs> E yeah, McKellen, yeah. Jim Caviezel, Haley Atwell, um and you know, your love of the number 2 concept, the revolving guest star E. McKellen's the top line actor on the show because he is a permanent number two and it's only a six episode and I only watched the opening and it was not for me. Let's just say, well, um, you know, here got I, I, bad I'm, I,
1: I'm sort of embarrassed, but I'm also sort of like relieved that I haven't, but I haven't watched it. I, I, I bought the, I have the box set sitting on a shelf and I'm just like, he got such it got such so trounced and I and I love he know. got
0: really bad reviews. Well you mentioned that he wasn't necessarily a spy. The show really goes to lengths to not tell you what it was he was. Like the way he resigns is like he spray paints resign on his window and it's cut in a very oblique modern way. So and then it builds towards um the final line of the of the first of the pilot is the final line of the original sequence. I am not a number, I am a free man.
1: Yeah. Maguire, you know, it started out like I said. He had Mark's. He had most of the Danger Man crew with him when they started out. It was a handshake with Sir Lou Gray that they do the series, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a final. He didn't even sign a piece of paper for it, but you know, Lou Gray didn't want to lose his high, the, the high, the big star. He didn't want to lose Maguire, so he let Maguire do this. Uh, and uh who was the story editor because didn't he leave after that's like, george markstein that's he, the one was, is he
0: the one who left after thir- the first cycle 13 episodes yeah, and when things got kind right
1: of, and, he, uh, and he and he and he is, got interesting after that point i mean i, I yeah I, well yeah and again that's why i think and magoo and kept on taking more on more on responsibilities and, and 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 discarding people that were uh, directors and he would fire directors and well do, was I mean,
0: he working under a pseudonym up until the last two episodes
1: some, uh a lot of times there were a lot of pseudonyms in there wow and um and uh, he, you know, he, I think he really just got caught up into the whole phenomenon of this and how, making it, you know, his baby. And he, you know, people go, you know, want to know, no, it would bug him forever. And he says, you know, if I told you the answers, why would you want to be engaged in watching this? You know, he, he, he purposely wants it to be uh, Tucson vague, you know, and, and, there, and there's so many different fans. Like another interesting uh, tangent on this is Mel Gibson wanted to do a remake.
0: Oh we um, have an oh, and, or the Christopher Nolan remake that um uh was it David Peoples wrote that okay. was Christopher Nolan was really close to doing this. Yeah there's a, there's I
1: think there's certain generations of people that really you know like I love this thing and just want to and and Gibson wanted to do Avengers too but and he wanted to do a uh Prisoner and Gibson uh Course he uses McGoohan in Braveheart, right? Right, right. You know, uh, That's
0: where I knew McGoohan for forever,
1: yeah. And time to kill. Remember, the uh, he's a judge, and uh,
0: I don't. I re looked up scanners and remember, oh, and yeah. a lot of it is like watching this, like it's kind of like the William Shatner phenomenon, even though know, William Shatner has been famous for his entire acting career after Star Trek. But when you go back to the original series of Star Trek, you forget how like young and pretty he looked,
1: yeah. McGoohan, well. And uh, Magoon w- worked with Wells on Moby Dick Rehearsed. Yeah, and,
0: and, and Orson Welles has some really, like he said, like he was one of the most best stage presents he'd ever seen in an actor.
1: And I want to, you know, a couple things uh, about that is that, and I think I threw this out to you originally, and I, I don't know if you were in line with me on this or not, the editing style of this show, it just seems like it has a very unique uh briskness to its editing no it's and i it, almost it, want to say it's like or it's wellesian editing
0: and, i can see it i can uh, see it well there's also just like like uh french new wave into america like richard lester stuff this stuff that appeals to you a lot i think yeah. like because well, it can be very choppy in in hectic too but at the same time like I i've mean, always wanted
1: I, to sit down and try to maybe if i could analyze this and articulate it but I, there's some you about always say well,
0: it's like move on the action and i don't think that's it yeah
1: yeah yeah everybody says move on the action but wells there's something about Wells. When I watch a Well Orson Wells films, it's just the editing just has this. It just gives me this. I have a different uh, reaction to it.
0: You can you can almost see in like other side of the wind what sections he did and didn't edit.
1: Right, and then I get the same sim, similar sense in the prisoner. And I'm just wondering, if, and Or and McGowan is a very intense actor, and Wells can be a very intense actor. Uh, uh, highs and lows, and 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 moderating the voice. So I think McGuinn took a lot from Wells, and then I wonder. Uh, uh, this, we we will get to the final episode at one point, but uh, just he, there's a there, there's a one scene in the final episode. He takes a little globe. Glass globe and throws it and shatters on the floor. Uh huh. And I'm thinking, you know, Rosebud you know, oh. the beginning of Citizen Kane, and then he throws it at the final episode. Well, it's not a snow globe, but it's a globe. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, so anyway, I, 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 it might be just non uh, something else. But,
0: everything's a reference yeah. to Citizen Kane. One of the things about McGuin that was clear, was very charming to me is like, uh, because Well said that, like, uh, he, he thought he was a great stage presence, but he he's he lamented that he's been lost to TV and McGuin had. TV, uh, my leading man moves. Like he's very angular in the way he moved, he, you clear, he was very perceptive of how the camera, one of my favorite things about his face is like, his, his eyebrows are so blonde. It yeah. feels like they're not there. So it's like, he's all brow and yeah. like, but he would always like look down. So like the brow was pronounced so you can see the expression of how his brow is. And it, it just and a big forehead, but by the it's way, an expressive I, forehead.
1: Yeah, uh, keep that in mind later. We're going to we'll have some the, specifically the brow and the forehead, but we'll, we'll keep going. Why for no. the finale? No, it's a, just a different tangent. on The prisoner, uh, you'll see. Oh. Okay, I'll keep yeah. that in <laughs> mind. Um, I do, but I, 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 I really, I, I, you know, there's there's these actors that you just enjoy to watch, and and, and he's, he's and, a joy to watch. and, for, and, and he's just so fun because he's so intense and he, the movement, and so like you said. And uh, when he and he showed when he goes to the village, he's in this black suit, and I just love that black outfit. And then the village outfits are pretty cool too; they're kind of funky. Uh, they
0: have this weird outline on the lapel, yeah, on the
1: lapel and stuff. But then he gets they put him back in the black outfit at the end. You know, I just love.
0: You uh, you laughed when that happened when we were watching, it. and it took me a second to realize oh he's in a different outfit, but it's obviously that was his original. Yeah, and
1: uh, yeah, they, they actually you know they they when he succeeds to get the scene number one at the end. They ask him. We thought you might be comfortable in your. your, 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 Yeah, and they 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 put that mannequin mannequin that
0: like does not that like uh, it's it's kind of not horrifying, but it's like the face is like uh, melted in a way. Like okay, going to the opening and where he's wearing his original suit. Like uh, the other thing I always think about the filmmaking this time and like just how they're figuring stuff out is how over eighty yards certain things like the steps. Like you, you, I always think of. of uh, point, point blank, so the steps in point blank, oh, yeah, but right. those are non diegetic This is like it just yeah, and the swing, the swinging of the light, the noir swinging of the light. Whenever like he comes in and out of the shadow to go, you goes to it, the light swings, it goes to black, and then they go to the close up of him.
1: Yeah, right. At the beginning of the opening where he's going to go resign. Yeah, there's there's just so much fun to watch in this, and like I said, it. I think you see that it's one that you can go back to and back to and pick. I was even watching the last two episodes with you. The other night I was like, wow, I'm I'm seeing, you know, uh, I'm I'm thinking about some other things that I didn't think about, you know, individuality and, you know, uh, 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 and uh, like uh, freedom and right. Uh, uh, the, the juxtaposition of violence and uh, the, the, the summer of love that just had happened. Well, since that's pretty big in the last episode.
0: Yeah. Are, are we ready to jump into this last episode? Because the last episode like, look, the, 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 cra- the crazier thing to me about the whole show, even when I was like, I'm not sure I'm getting this. I knew it was good. That was what was frustrating. It was like, I know this is good. I'm just not engaging with it. I and mean, it's, it's a, creative. It's all get out. And it's clearly defying anything that was being made at the time.
1: It's a little, I mean, as, a, as of anything, it's a, it might be a little squeaky uh, squeaky is so, a good word i like that at some points you know just because it's in six, 1967 they're shooting 67 68 and it airs in 68 69 and you just you know it's uh but i think there's so much to just uh the munch on and take a, you f- a knife and fork and you to dive into it it's a full course salad you know with all kinds of you know different flavors to check out and and, and understand and again just Let's uh, repeat the fact that basically, so so for uh, fifteen episodes, he's battling these n- different number twos in the village, trying and he's and uh, they they really do a number on him. Like sometimes they actually take him, they actually take him out of the village. All the way to London. That was, I pointed to you, that was
0: part of the point where it's like, how many goddamn times did he get, uh, go to, back to the mainland? And,
1: and 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 they actually, and then they just yank him back, you know, at the last and second. And
0: sometimes it would be like, the the one particular episode, which started out so well, when he went back, you're it's, like, birthday, oh.
1: The birthday one where he says his birthday. I
0: think so. It's, the, yeah. it's uh, where they pinpoint the villages in like Northern Africa. Yeah. And like, it and the setup to get him back is like, you can see a mile away
1: uh so uh yeah it, so it's a lot of fun so and then uh, uh before we get to the last basically talk about the last two in a way uh so the last four uh one is interesting the one that you thought was really wonky and everybody even the writer on the documentary says i wrote this they they kept they said can you write this but off shooting a film oh, okay yes can you write this and you have there's no more in it and no port marion in it and it's like well, what, that's not a Prisoner episode. You, right. You, I mean, the whole thing about pr- Prisoner is it's Port Marion and, and Magoon. So he has to write this episode with a brain transfer. Well, they and, set
0: it up in the most ridiculous way where they set, say like, um, oh, it's a, it's an espionage technique where we can insert our own spy into another body. You switch a body. Yeah. You, you switch a bo- body. Dead and, man. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and, But you send a spy into another country having switched the body, and you're like, you can get your own person in there. You send a spy or someone who has motives that you want to accomplish in there. You don't send someone who is your prisoner, who's yeah. like wants
1: to escape, and and let him free. And and you, Nigel Stock, they picked Nigel Stock uh, uh, to play him. And yeah, and the writer says it's not a good. I I don't like it. I I I am I, I, not proud of it. And then they they when Magoon got back from shooting uh, the movie,
0: Magoun's all it's in Ice, Ice Station Zebra that he
1: was shooting. Well, yeah, I was gonna say something about that too. Oh, but he, um, his voice is throughout the episode. Uh, right and so Magoon comes back and he says oh he didn't like it he, like, he wasn't too happy with it so they rejiggered it and re-shot it and messed the rhythm and he, and the writer goes well you know it wasn't that good of a script in the first place and it's now just a, another a different not a good script <laughs> In the second place yeah you, and, you, yeah you just they didn't they, they didn't fix it, it one just, of the things it, is
0: whenever you work in film you're, you're, you're are you familiar with the term a zebra it's a horse by committee
1: yeah so it didn't it, uh, so even the, when the writer says that it, you would know it's it's a kind of a wonky episode but I I always the funny thing about it is, I want to see by oxygen zebra uh I, I recommend to you if you if you get caught up watching danger man episodes and, and, and the prisoner also watch citian zebra because Maguire shows up as a British secret agent, mm-hmm. and he never we never get to know his real name. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's 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 Drake. It's the it's 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 one of his missions. Didn't you know?
0: didn't he play um, a, a, a British secret agent on Broadway in the '80s? Like he he played a lot of British agent or secret or spy. I don't agent. know
1: about that. Okay, uh, not, I, like I, I
0: thought I'd write up that it was one of his last like a stage. It may not have been Broadway, but it was in yeah. New York. I thought
1: I'm surprised they haven't you know. Thought of a Broadway musical version of The Village or something. (laughs) We're trying to to escape number two.
0: I am not a number. Uh, I am am a free man.
1: (laughs) Here comes Rover. Rover's coming over. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we got something there. Maybe we should work on that. Uh, Anyway, we'll get to the last. Let's
0: let's not use any names so we can retain the rights and I'll I'll edit this part of the episode.
1: Exactly. But uh, so I I had to wait. I wanted to watch the last two. The last two were kind of two pieces. Even though the the second one is shot. It was the sixth one shot.
0: Yeah. Cause 'cause there was a setup. You had to point it out to me, but uh, number two has to be is, has a completely different haircut and shaving in the second episode because they shot it. So a different parts.
1: So he brings Liam will back. He's he had already been in one episode, one of the reoccurring two. And they acknowledged that he'd been, um, uh, back in the, and he wants to do absolute, uh, uh, degree, absolute. And that was the actual original name of the episode. Okay. Uh, and then, but they, they changed the fallout. Uh, and it's me, it's McCurren decides, look, one of us, I'm going to lock him into this room at a certain time period. And well, once upon
0: a time is a second to last episode,
1: right? And then follow up. Oh, that's right. Episode. I'm sorry. They changed the once upon a time. You're right. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, um, sorry. I didn't mean to you off. Uh, no, uh, then, but so it's, it's, it's basically comes down to this one. Uh, it's like a, like you said, a Breckian play, uh, a, a one-on-one McGoohan and, uh, McCurren. very, very surreal. So, yeah, and uh, a very abstract. and so it so, uh, gets very. Well, they try. It's abstract.
0: There's a period where it's like going through a, a, an average person's childhood.
1: Yeah, and with abstract elements, they're just like a, 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 a seesaw. Uh, they're on a sawhorse. That's a, a bomber in the World War II. Oh yeah, and things like that. And um, oh, we should we we should mention uh, there's no uh, so, there's no reoccurring cast except for one character, the butler. Uh, and he doesn't talk. This is and, he, and he's and uh, uh, he's uh what's the proper term? A little people? Uh sure. Uh little person. Sorry, I can't help you there. Uh, but uh he uh he, and he and uh he's throughout all the episodes and he's in the room with them.
0: And then the last two episodes has the final certain characters come back.
1: Yeah. Uh then uh, and then there's a there's a reoccurring guy called Supervisor, the one takes him and puts him in a suit. Uh you see him he's he's in the, 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 majority, the, the original the uh, original
0: organization he worked for that that's in the credits they' in like a, one or two episodes,
1: right? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, they, they keep on calling it the general the colonel they got, they keep on they't stay consistent with that okay um, So uh, anyway, so they basically one of them' gonna have to die and McCurn loses and he dies.
0: He dies in a very
1: weird, yeah, odd way. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, again, all of a sudden you're not like all of a sudden the questions are starting to pile up. Now it's getting really kind of weird. I mean, you can kind of like it seems to be somewhat grounded, but now we're getting into some weird territory. Well, we we forget to mention that uh, two more episodes that get really weird. The girl who was death. Oh, I love that episode until the end. Yeah, the Napoleon thing, and then uh, and then the uh, there's a western episode. Yeah, all of a sudden it, it opens up as a western, and uh. It, it kind of has a Westworld few years before Westworld vibe. Right. The, oh, the girl who
0: was Death. I mentioned this on our episode about uh, um, uh, all that jazz, where Jessica Lange plays Death in there, and I was like, "Oh, that must be a precursor to Neil Gaiman's Death." And this beats that by like a decade, <laughs> even though she's not really Death. She's, yeah. But her name's Death, and she's a very cute girl yeah. who's Death.
1: And uh, so uh, the episode ends with uh, the, the supervisor comes out and says, hey, what do you want? What do you want? Uh, you, you, uh, you, uh, uh, this number two's dead. And he goes, I want to see number one. So we opened up with uh, the last episode, Fallout. I want I keep wanting to come back to this. Like, you watched this when it aired in the summer and you were nine. Nine years old. God. And I, I have never forgotten it. it. It just it blew my little nine-year-old mind. Because um, the thing is
0: this episode is up there and especially you were telling me like the Western episode didn't air because they were like I, when you explained it to me why because it was supposedly has this anti-violence thing and they couldn't put uh, Vietnam anti-vietnam sentiments out there. And it's like you go from someone who just says, oh shooting someone's bad and, like we can't air that to this yeah.
1: Well, actually, I found out now I, I think that' always been the myth about the Western episode that CBS wouldn't air it because uh, we're in the middle of Vietnam. It was a passive very pacifistic. Uh, okay. Uh, theme in the western episode, very past because he wouldn't right, and but it uh, turns out that think the reason, really reason, the uh, uh, hallucinogenic How do you say the word? Hallucinogen. Uh, drugs that caused him to think he's in the West. Oh, that's what they were. Really, so
0: the Western episode, when Western ne- <laughs> yeah. shows are the one of the most popular things on the air, they're okay, they have a problem airing that, but when they go to those last two episodes, yeah. that's that's not hallucinogenic enough for them. Exactly,
1: it, yeah, it's hilarious. But oh. yeah, for some reason, they didn't air the Western episode when they first aired it. Because and- the whole show... I can't say this enough. This
0: feels like the birth of the mythology show
1: and like a uh, long-term serialized... You know,
0: you mentioned comics earlier. Comics were another reason that went into more serialized TV. A lot of comic book readers like, come into that. But this ending... In in this like a lot of mythology shows will like because they're going so long, will do some very Damon Lindelof from Creator of Lost and uh Leftovers, not creator, co-creator. He's a showrunner of the Leftovers. They have some bizarre stuff in there. In between a very mythologized logic, left brain, plot driven stuff. But you have these like segues into like this also feel like the birth of twin peaks too just like this really surreal, like you can do surrealism as long form and right it's,
1: well good i'm glad at least you got at least oh you, no yeah, the ending yeah, was yeah, yeah. Oh, that so, was, so the ending saved it for you basically or kind of told well, you, you well know, it,
0: it's a combination of like it was it was really gonzo and all there but also what you were saying earlier it's an ending yeah. Like, and part of my problem was just like, how much longer do I have to go? Like, these wheel spinning is like, these seems like padding episodes.
1: So, yeah, so we, so we, we, uh, so they, the supervisor takes them to this big room. Uh, you notice they kept on going lower and lower and lower in the village, uh, because, uh, sure, they even went lower to the room where number one is. I mean, it's like they're up, uh, uh but of but, course, they had to, they, they were a housing, uh, well, we're going to spoil this. So, if you haven't, if you... Uh, we've spoiled so much already. Yeah, we've spoiled a lot here, but we're going to really spoil this episode. But basically, there's a nuclear warhead <laughs> a silo in this compound...
0: And I was listening, I was reading Alan Moore's reaction. He was talking about, uh, talking to his friends and like the newspaper woman, woman selling newspaper uh, the, the day after the last episode aired and they were talking about theories and the newspaper woman thought that, um, because this missile goes up, she thought it was a rocket. She's like, she confirms number one's an alien.
1: Well, I mean, that's the, you can go, I mean, that's the beauty of this episode and, and where did it, what did it fly to? What did it, what did it do? Another, they,
0: another village,
1: uh, or or it had I to go mean, to if it, if to if it, get
0: to the real ending, and had to go to a more centralized part of the planet where yeah. it can really. Well, there's it,
1: a, there's another thing I need to tell you about. It uh, journeys this. to the center of the uh, earth, uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, so but, uh, so he's he is awarded he, either he can become the leader of the village, or he can go free, and they give him money and passports and all this stuff. And there's this tribunal judge who we saw uh, the actor playing the Napoleon and the lady that was death. He's playing this wonderful judge. I think it's Kenneth McKellen. I don't know. What is. He's a wonderful actor, uh, just perfect for this judge. And there's this tribunal sitting next behind him, and they're wearing the, uh, the half black, half white face mask with, with a, kook, a KKK. I really ha- I thought about Star Trek ropes. episode.
0: Uh, Let that be your last yeah. battlefield. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. The, or you know, Steve Ditko. Uh, uh, white is white, black is black. You know, sure. the Ann Rand uh, uh, objectivism. And each – this tribunal has got – they're all representing different things of, you know, individualism, uh, marketing, uh, whatever, uh, espionage. You know, they have these little placards on their uh, – in front of them sitting there. And when they invite uh, number two – I mean, they they invite uh, Magoon up to talk and say, would you please address us? Mm -hmm. Please, we want to hear your words. And he starts to talk. This is where – this one of the new things I, I caught watching it this time. They all they won't let him, They will They drown him out. Going I I I. Well, that's the I, thing. I, I, I. When I
0: saw it, I thought they were reject. They were objecting because he started every sentence with I. Yeah. And they were just like they didn't want him to say an I. They didn't want him to be an individual.
1: Uh, oh, I. Yeah, the, okay, that's interesting. My take, this especially time,
0: because of when we get to the when number one really gets revealed.
1: My take around this time is that they're so impressed by him that he he is everything accomplished, they say, He says that, that they like, don't care. They it's a typical of a celebrity or a hero. Where we don't really listen to him, the we, we just we just, just like celebrating we just them. celebrate, we just go crazy. So they're just like going, hi, 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 They just they don't care what the heck he has to say, and he may be saying something very important. The
0: the other thing about the tribunals masks, where I went through like the Brazil Gilliam connection is like they're deformed babies that are black and white. Yeah. They're
1: they're not ugly. They're not just a smooth uh, face. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes
0: you can see a beard underneath them and you, and again, it also makes me
1: think of, I think I don't know if I got to look at the mouse again. Uh, The, uh, the, the the two theatrical masks. Oh, that
0: definitely, definitely
1: again, because of the theatrics of this whole thing and they resurrect. Oh, then we have the young, we have two people come up and they're, they're on trial and one is from on the western episode uh, is the, the, yeah, the actor person. who played in the western I, I always wanted to think he's the same char- character. Uh, I don't but think you know he what else you haven't mentioned about
0: the last episode that's so cool Beatles tunes oh we well, okay music- yeah well, okay. well yeah, because yeah, we we well, Beatles are Beatles songs are never like uh, they want to know uh, someone There was said, a, there was a Mad Men episode that had um I forget which Beatles song it's uh, uh one of the trippier ones on revolver or the real groundbreaking trippier ones on revolver and Matthew Weiner said they had to blow like half the episode's budget just to get that one song. Stop.
1: Okay, well, since we're here, we'll we we'll, we'll on to that, that Beatle thing. Yeah, you're right. It, it, you did not All hear... All you need is love. You never heard Beatle music forever and ever and Beatle uh, and uh, different media mm-hmm. uh, and, because there was a high, high price to pay or they wouldn't even, maybe you are I even consider I'm just something. surprised they, they let it And in. I think I read that just like everybody else in England, the four lads were watching The Prisoner. Okay. And they, they said, hey, it's just like they were when they got when they said like when hardy's night they said richard lester's gonna be the director they said yeah because they had seen the running standing jumping film the oscar nominated short that lester had did uh-huh. and they wanted they wanted some like minds and weren't they
0: like goon fans too
1: yeah and 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 goons and, and seen some of lester's work so they go yeah perfect so they they probably now where the how much of a uh, a budget cut a price break they gave uh sir Lou grade to use that song. But it's all you need is love, and the summer of '67 had just, uh, you know, had uh, happen. Summer of love. So when Magoon, when they're taking uh, Magoon down into the the tribunal area and the judging area and where everybody is at after he's put his uh, old uniform back on, his own clothing back on, there, there's all these jukeboxes and they're all playing "All You Need Is Love" as he's walking down the, with the butler with him, mm-hmm. and it's just a weird. You're just like, okay, we're in we're in the But
0: they only don't, don't use that. all you need is love, but they have some side songs that sound very Beatles-esque. The girl, um the the Girl That Was Death episode, like that has a thing where they go into a record booth and there's like a Beatles pastiche in that episode too. So like but I mean just a yeah, so song in there. just And oh. then
1: later we're gonna use that song as uh uh, uh as juxtaposition. Uh Magoon and the and these uh is these people that we're about ready right to tell you about. They're mowing down people with machine guns and they're That's playing, the real iconic. Usage and they're playing all you need is love.
0: <laughs> over a giant machine gun battle.
1: And, you know, here uh, I was thinking, well, Magoon kind of broke his little law of not killing people because he's actually shooting some of the people himself.
0: I turned to you at some point, well, I think it was when number two died in the and um uh once upon a time and I was like, has Magoon killed anybody in this entire in this time. No, series? I think I think he was kind of
1: following his John Drake yeah, edict and and uh and being uh, you know, that he didn't mm-hmm. uh, kill. Uh, so we get two representations. We get the hippie young youth, youth, and the the actor who was in the uh, the young kid, the the young gunslinger kid in the, the western episode, Alex Kinner. He's back, and he is uh, he. And again, it's kind of funny. I also uh, it makes me think of and Jack Kirby, which is going to play into this later. I'm always comes to Jack Kirby, uh, but uh, Jack's you know some of the people's ideal of what a hippie is. gets when you're they're they're in the middle age. They don't rep- the representation's a little wonky. So he's got this like top hat, a little.
0: He looked they, like a droog.
1: Or an el- uh, oversized elf, uh, <laughs> and he's singing them bones, them bones, and he go drives the tribunal crazy. But he's youth, and he represents the youth, and they're gonna, uh, they can't, they, they, and there's a whole.
0: I still don't understand why they're they're trying the youth either. To and really then we get
1: uh, the establishment, and they resurrect Leo McKern. And he represents the establishment.
0: Where he gets his uh, shave and haircut.
1: Yeah. Also, the, part of the resurrection is that he, they, his hair color is different and he gets a shave. Well, it's because McCur- uh, this is, uh, there's been months between these two episodes were shot. Right. McCurran has done other movies and work and stuff, so they had to explain. But it actually fits. I think it actually fits well. It's part of the weird resurrection. He, they brought him back from the dead. Yeah. So I mean, no. why not just go crazy and make it, you know— all these different elements help to make him come all back. Well,
0: the espionage trope of different faces. Too.
1: Right. And so he's like going, oh, I'm back. And, and then he goes, oh, you made it. Uh, you know, you you succeeded. And, and uh, but they go, he is uh, he's this is an establishment that actually re- revolts in his own way and it causes trouble. So they're going to put him on trial. So we're going to put, we're going, OK, we're going to suspend these two guys. And now we're going to talk to uh, number six, uh, who's now one. And he goes, I want to see number one. He goes and sees that they take him to see number one.
0: Well, he, I mean, the, the two trials are they work as a metaphor, but then he goes yeah. to his real number one, and we see the real number one. Uh, yeah. Do
1: we say it? I, I think well, well. Well, first he pulls off. He goes and the guys dressed like the tribunal guys, the white uh-huh. black man. He pulls the mask off, and it's a monkey mask. Uh uh-huh. So he pulls one more mask off, and then are you? And then you know that will make of that will what you will. You, 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 there's theories about that. He pulls that mask off. Do we do we Dare say it? Yeah, it's Magooan. It's him. He is himself. well. And
0: then there's like I forget. Is it before the shot or after the shot? It goes to number one, and the number one looks like an eye. The right eye. Big yeah. And there's a going big, back to the tribunal. Going I I I. That yeah. was that was where my brain went. Number
1: one, I the, uh, the the is it? And what is the big eyeball? The electronic eyeball? What is who is that, uh, is that the number one Magooan operating that, or is it something else? You know, there's just so many questions. It works in a way. It re- it really works in a really beautiful, swanky, strange way. But another, but it leaves so many, uh, uh, And and the, fe-
0: the feeling of this episode is like it's such a surreal ending of a Bond movie, though. <laughs> like a Bond movie that goes into the id. Like because because you really feel like everything's ending. This whole the village that you've been with for uh, seventeen episodes is going to blow up.
1: Right. So he he uh, sees that there's a nuclear war. And there's a giant spaceship. Uh,
0: Nuclear what do you what call you? What have you? What do you? What do you
1: and he, he just he sets it off, and it's and all of a sudden the the alert 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 goes off. Desert the village, get out. So everybody, every there's five thousand helicopters flying out. Everybody's running for their life, and this thing's uh, up, and we see the death of Rover with uh, uh, a Carmen Miranda song. I I I I I love you, very Ro- much, I, I I I I love you, man.
0: Yeah, good point. So, Rover just kind of like sucks up. Yeah, into a
1: lava pit, you know. Just just you know. All oh, right. And 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 uh and, and then and we were foreshadowing planting, as Eric calls it in his film class, planting. Past gets everybody. And bit. once upon a time, the time they told us this this in the in the room where Liam McCurry and McGoo and going one on one. There was a detachable trailer. There was a, de- a detachable trailer. In, uh, I
0: didn't realize it until the, the last. And time then, so
1: time. all of a sudden, Magoon, uh the kid, youth, the, the Limakran, the butler, uh, de- detach. So everyone and they, go esca- fly, and they go driving off in the trailer. Everyone
0: escapes the village, mostly out of helicopters. Number one, out of a giant rocket that might be an alien spaceship. Well,
1: do we? I, we don't even know why I have the number one. Well, we don't know.
0: We yeah. really don't. There's a lot of we don't know. But um, the truck goes to civilization, even though someone drives by it. And it's, and again, I have that feeling. I'm, I'm happy that there's an ending. And this feels like an ending. But it's also like, dude, he's done this like three times. Or do we even want it?
1: Well, then, so. The ending is. the it's, Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's just, it's just, it's, so it's cool. wonderful. Because you got, the kid gets off early. And he starts thumbing. Or are right. He's youth. He's, he's free. He just, he's going to wing it, you know. Okay. Uh, then we get to London. And there's Parliament. Mm-hmm. And uh, number two is, oh, he's a member of Parliament. He's the establishment. He goes in. And next time we see him he's all dressed up and he's waving he's going back into B and this this,
0: in, this last scene's also beautifully shot too because yeah. it's in de- uh, you know they kind
1: of I didn't get a permit either they got a permit after the fact when oh, they, well, that they shot right. that stuff in London and it has a really and the music and Magoon, it talks to a cop and it's all done silence and mime and I it, still don't uh, understand what he was saying to the cop yeah. but and uh, they leave it is they walk away from the uh the the trailer and he takes the butler and they're running across the street they get back to his apartment and this as cars back ready to go for him
0: the same car that he drove off from.
1: and uh, we see a hearse drive by yes Ooh. but it, it's, and, it's
0: not the same shop but the hearse just kind yeah. of drives by in the and foreground and
1: then the butler is going to i guess stay with him but as the butler goes into the house the door electronically opens and closes just like with the same
0: the, sound effect that his residence in the village did.
1: all the the, the doors did in the village
0: You asked if how I knew the ending. I think it was you who told me, but it was the circular um, that uh, it opens with the uh, beginning of the title credit sequence.
1: Right, and then so first uh, few shots. And of then, it. of course, we open every episode with him and his car flying to you with camera. a thunder,
0: th- a thunderstorm uh, thunder sound, a thunderclap, and then a, a shot, this really wide angle shot of this like runway with the car, his really distinct car, driving center, uh, center down the frame.
1: Right, and that's how the series ends with that. Same shot. And so as a kid, I was just like, oh, he got away. I, the funny thing is, I don't think, uh, well, I don't know if I was smart enough at nine years old, but I I don't think I really caught the door doing that. Uh, you and, and, that and even if I did, I don't know if I was smart enough to put that, maybe that together. I'm not sure. I just remember just thinking, he's gone, he's out, and he got away, and that's great. And the weirdness of it, c- c- coupled with the weirdness. I just, I just thought this is the greatest thing in the in world. In that Alan
0: Moore interview, the interviewer used this word of a certain t- form of storytelling. I can't remember what the word was, but it was circular in that everything keeps resetting back to the place where it started. And so like, yeah, it's obviously going to be the basis of um, network TV shows that are doing random show of the week versus, um, and now the show has this really interesting structure where like, it does episodic, it resets, but then the final episode resets everything again. So the circular structure is...
1: Uh, two things we should mention, too, just uh, just to throw in uh, uh, the weirdness. There's a symbol that keeps reoccurring in the end credits and in the uh, number twos off. Uh, the bike? The bike, the penny farthing. I don't know. I mean, and, yeah, uh, uh, some say, you know, it's like the penny farthing when it came out was a sense of uh, modern bicycling. But it, re- I read since, in, uh, I heard
0: an interview where Magoon say progress and mainly technological process is the biggest problem of humans.
1: Right. Human- uh, it's, it's And, you know, the bicycle is the start of that, you know, the, the beginning of you know, uh, uh, going to the, you know, horseless carriage and the, the car and the things like that. And then uh, there's a couple of different edits of, of the uh, two first two episodes. There's different edits with different music and different shots. And the end credits indifferently. Uh, the farthing turns into uh, the smaller wheel of the farthing turns into the globe. The bigger wheel turns into the, uh, a, a shot of the galaxy. And then the galaxy comes big and then the word pop com- uh, comes full screen out of that pop 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 no, I got- uh and and there's uh there's and there's never really been a d- definitive explanation on that but and, and they dropped it uh and and just showed shots of the rover bubbling about the water then i think maguin thought it was giving away too much like the think about it, if the nuclear warhead was going off at the end was it going to be the, uh, the apocalypse? Uh, uh, okay, the, the, you know the world is on its, it's, it's setting it uh, on its road to destruction. I think one uh, thing- it's going to pop. It's going to blow up. The you know a balloon. You know, I know. I, I mean, it's all kinds. No, of- no.
0: I think one of the things that's so cool about this show is like that its pretensions like are good like are ambitious like it's it's all these big swings it's doing he's like this is what society really is about you know macro
1: and micro like and it still applies to the day a lot of things still apply the day even in this world in this digital world we're in
0: I don't think the surveillance stuff works as well. It's like because I was try I tried to watch one behind the scenes doc and I was explained like, oh, you know, there are cameras everywhere right now. I'm like, that's that's kind of a that that ship sailed. Like that's there you you have to do more interesting stuff for that day to, that topic to age well.
1: Right. Um. Uh, that's just me. Right. Okay. Now let's get back to I, I mentioned the the brow and the forehead. Okay. Uh. Uh. uh there was some uh, this writer Stephen Goelhart, a comic writer, said. He remember thinking he saw uh, Magoo, and and the prisoner thought, "Oh, he's a he's a Kirby character, is the brow." He said he'd be perfect. Is this Jack- Howard, how Howard the Duck was created? No, uh, the uh, there was a um, two or is it three part? There's a multi part Fantastic Four comic book where the 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 FF are, the Fantastic Four are uh, in Doctor Doom's village and they can't get out. I think you've
0: told me about this before where like, you think Kirby had the prisoner on the background. Well,
1: no Kirby, I think it's, it's, it's been, it's a given fact. I think almost it's been proven that, that this is loosely based, that he loosely based this on the prisoner. This, this multi-part story. Uh, but Do you he, remember
0: what issues are around?
1: Uh, it, oh gosh, you would ask me that. The, in the, <laughs> of course I would put in the seventies or the eighties, uh, issue run. Um, this is, uh, you know, at one point Kirby stopped, start, stop doing new, Creations and just uh, coast it till you left for DC. Um, so this might have been that. It might have been an easy way to coast by okay. doing, uh, uh, doing this homage, rip off, take off. When you said '70s,
0: you meant the issue '70s. 70s yeah, I, I the, thought. I thought you do the,
1: yeah, the runs. The issue, right? Because it was like
0: Kirby didn't go that long.
1: Uh, he was gone by issue around uh, issue hundred. So, uh, th- yeah, Kirby. We know that Kirby. When he would draw, he had a, either a radio on or a TV on as uh, background noise all mm-hmm. the time so uh and he, plus he he he, he loves science fiction he loved pulp magazines and stuff so uh Kirby's uh so Jack Kirby uh you know he goes to DC he comes back to Marvel in 7576 and guess what they're gonna do they, they're gonna and it's announced in the bullpen pages they're gonna do a prisoner comic book, mm-hmm. and Jack draws an entire 17 pages ironically. <laughs> the first, episode, first issue of the Prisoner. Uh-huh. It's all done. It's penciled, and then, uh, but something happened. Uh, they, they they did another stab at it. They got Engelhart and Gil Kane to take a stab at it, mm-hmm. and they didn't get as uh, finished as uh, as the Kirby one did. Um, but the, all the scripts there because Engelhart scripted it out, and whereas the Kirby was writer and artist, and they got bootlegged all over the place throughout the decades. Uh, I had a Xerox copy of the, uh, of it. They finally Titan uh, publishing just, uh, around the 50th anniversary of the prisoner put out everything. They put it out officially. How was it? It's wonderful. I mean, it's great to have it in an oversized artist edition book, all the Kirby issue and the Gil Kane Englehart stuff done, the script articles, uh, everything. And, uh, so, so, uh, we got that. Um,
0: I almost pulled or got from the library. Uh, Peter Milligan did uh, a prisoner or a more modern one recently.
1: Not Peter Milligan. I, I thought
0: it was the Shade, and the Changing Man guy.
1: No, uh Dean Motter. You think of Dean moder No, Peter Milligan's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. I, I, the I, one I saw. Uh, he did. Peter Milligan did a. He did a new Shade, the Changing Man, but I don't think he ever did a prisoner. No. Because um, then in '88, '89 after dark Knight and watchmen and all the prestige format stuff was get really hot. Uh-huh. They, uh, DC got the rights to the prisoner and they had Dean Motter the, the creator of Mr. X. I'm talking about something
0: that was like within the last few years.
1: Yeah. That's not, Oh, is that Milligan writing that? I don't think it's, I think it's a different Milligan. I don't think it's the same Milligan. Could be. Um, I, I, I just, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't write down, I, I have notes here, but I didn't write down the writer artist. Well, you're jumping ahead on me. Um, uh, the Dean Motter came out uh it was a prestige format it mm-hmm. was everything was really hot and they got and uh it's a really interesting story where uh uh it turns out the villages in ruins and number uh uh number uh Bagoon's uh, character whoever you want to call him Drake number 6 what do you want to, he's still there he's got a beard and everything and they go back and find him there and the Leo McCurn number 2 shows up and they go back to battling each other again and this uh graphic novel. Hmm. And then in 2000, 2018, the one you're talking about is a Titan, along with the Kirby and Gil Kane reprint okay. and and the Dean Motter. I didn't reprinted. I didn't read any of this. They reprinted. It. They did a brand new series and put it in a graphic novel. And I think it is Milligan. I don't know if it's the same Peter. I'll have to check that. Now you got me... Place. i threw you
0: off i threw you off um uh, but one, uh, one of the things so there's, there's
1: basically these are comic adaptations of their interesting ones one
0: of the things in the prisoner remake is it opens with cavizio finding a guy that's dressed in the original tv uh, the, the outfit like the original uh village uh numbers outfit with the white outline right which you,
1: of course you can get one on ebay or some places obviously and there's a there's fanzines now and there's a, like a, so a souvenir shop at port marion and in fact when i went to england uh, I came up with my own little agenda and I was going to try to get up the whales and, and go to Port Mary, but I didn't do it. I Just
0: wish... wa- watch out for any weather balloons coming after you. <laughs> I want to say real quickly, Alan Moore also said that uh, he's put uh, two random prisoner references in uh, his work. He has one in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Black Dossier, which I don't remember. And I haven't read his second novel, Jerusalem, which every new prose novel Alan Moore puts out has the most difficult thing he's ever written. Forever it was the first chapter of Voice of the Fire was it has like 67 different words it uses. And then most people in Jerusalem have commented on there's this one chapter that's about James Joyce's daughter in an asylum around 1963 or so, that in a offshoot on it. Supposedly Patrick McGoon was in that same hospital. So there's an aside where Patrick McGoon runs in the novel, not named. Patrick McGoon runs by as he's being chased by a rover-like weather balloon following him.
1: Um, oh, by the way, you know, I, I know we're wrapping up here, but real quick, the, the, the uh, why the weather balloon? McGoon wanted a, a contraption. I was going to mention that earlier, yeah, I, it, I, 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 but I didn't know much And about he it. wanted it to go underwater, go up walls, scale up walls, Fly, you know, what was a, it supposed to look like? Do you know? Kind of like a, uh, kind of like a dome, a small dome that would uh, kind of float across the ground. But It, it was a go kart underneath it. Um, okay. Kind of like a, lack of a better word, uh, like a
0: like a uh, like a like cake, like a giant oh, cake. I was going to say like a silent running robot.
1: No, it was more. Uh, it was round and circus tit top type thing or maybe a, not
0: or, silent writing maybe i'm thinking of a star trek robot or something yeah but
1: and they just couldn't get it to work they just they just failed and failed they were like and they were at wits ends and they just to the, him and the production manager were looking up in the sky and they go what are those and then they ordered a bunch of them uh,
0: i wanted to wind down by um talking about the the simpsons parody which probably was like uh do you remember it
1: I, it's been a long time so they, but the fact they got bagoon to actually voices yeah fantastic. he came back as
0: number six it's the plot of it you know especially when simpsons episode or simpson season started to get not as good anymore almost every act was its own episode and they were like very loosely connected so like the prisoner didn't come until halfway through much or less the last one but it was about homer doing a fake website where he started making stuff up it in a plot line when you know the simpsons are always very prophetic they you know they famously predicted trump being president and stuff like that this one is one of those ones that ages too well where homer gets sent to the village because he writes that uh fluoride being put into water is used by the government to uh control people's minds and in the age of conspiracy right now that's a little too many people are subscribing to that but anyway uh the joke is when he gets into the village he keeps getting gassed and the episode ends with a whole family going to the village, and Marge says at the very end, once you get used to the druggings, this isn't a bad place. <laughs> one, of the, one of the weird things I had trouble with the whole show, one of the reasons why the conformity stuff doesn't wor- didn't age for me as well is because the village didn't really ask much of you besides giving up your name, which, I mean, is a lot. I'm not going to say it. It's a lot. But it seemed like... They were giving you room and board for free, and it was a luxury
1: village. Oh, oh yeah, no, it was, and that's why a people gave in. It was supposed to be this, res, you know, this retirement home for spies and the, the people that had too much information, and they didn't want they were too uh, important to let loose in the free world. The, then the conformity
0: thing just it just feels like what, what is what is really being asked of them.
1: Um, you know,
0: well, he's not a number. He's a free man. And by being a free man means he has a name that he can, uh, through uh, rights for danger man, can't actually use.
1: <laughs> well, now you're getting too. Uh, a little too wonky. Yeah, there. But no, I mean, it, but uh, it, it, it's great there's, show. I, I there's, to there's the, it I know. plays with different subjects. Uh, every episode, which we did cover in, in into detail. But each one uh, tackles a different little subject to think about and chew on. You know, uh, uh, psychoanalysis, drugs. Uh, uh, I was not catching that. that really, d- you didn't. Uh, no. I think
0: that would have helped me if you were there. What? Like, so I think there's. Just, I think there's. A, I think there's. A, I,
1: think there's a, I think he's tackling little subject matters that are you know poking at it and and but not giving just, answers. It's, it's, You're it's not going to
0: give you answers. It doesn't give you answers, but it just seemed like it was a little inconsistent. Like, you, by the time you get to like the uh, the judicial system episode, which I did get. Then you get to the Western episode next, and you're like, "Oh, how does this work?" And
1: the election, there's an election episode. Election he's for episode, office. you, you know, know, we're talking about politics. You know, he's having, he's having his fun. Uh, kind of poking at all these different uh, established things that we just take for granted. I'm
0: not sure the metaphors work as an accurate representation, but I admire and was really impressed by the fact that he was doing it at this time, like the swings he was making when TV was what it was right now. From yeah. what I know about it, which isn't you know my my limited idea of, of 60s TVs, Green Acres. So,
1: <laughs> and he tries, but then he also tried to piece a little bit of the uh, the, uh, the secret agent aspect with the fights and stuff like that, and. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a really strange show, and you know, uh, it, depending on you know, I think sometimes it gets forgotten about. It does and, seem like it's getting forgotten, and out. then sometimes it gets uh, then it, but then I, I'll come, but or it's like it's way down fans, the list. It
0: select fans really push it up though. Uh,
1: but it seems like you know, uh, the people that are really in the know about television history seem to know that this is an important one, an important step. I and I, I think it is, but but I just I think it's fun and and. I, and if not for anything uh, better just watch the, the fun watching Magoo and, and the the village the port marion sets wonderful and uh i uh, think that really exists is amazing and just the music and uh uh you get to see uh who's who of british actors coming through there it's uh, wonderful
0: a kafka s bond movie you then know? <laughs> uh, i it's it i yeah even with my tepid recommendation i'm still like, like it's it's a goat. I I, I can. Well, see
1: that. hopefully maybe uh, you know if you live long enough and where the world stays around long enough, you'll you'll revisit, <laughs> come back to You'll it. revisit the village and hopefully maybe you'll get a, a better taste of it. Hope so. Well,
0: Ted, I think that's enough for this episode. Thanks everybody for listening.
1: Shane, all I have to say is, be seeing you.
0: <laughs> I am not a number. I am a free man because I listen.